Hey, you're listening to the Talking Tough podcast, brought to you by Dr. Martins and hosted by me, George Moot. I'm a model and presenter from London, and on this podcast, I'll be talking all things tough with our guests, covering important subjects including body positivity, diversity, mental health, and sexuality. Hope you enjoy. Today on Talking Tough, we are joined by Felicity Hayward. Felicity is a plus-size model and influencer who is pushing the narrative of self-love and body positivity. Felicity has been vocal on topics surrounding self-confidence, appearing on TV detailing her life in the industry, and recently writing a piece for Stylist magazine about embracing stretch marks. So Felicity, welcome to Talking Tough. Hi, darling. (laughs) So I wanted to start by asking about confidence um you strike me as a very confident lady a gorgeous confident lady and I was just wondering is this something that you've always had or was it something that came with time I think anyone that said that they were kind of born with confidence is lying I think you know it's something which takes time um it depends on you know the way you were brought up uh your surroundings it can be elements to do with how you were at school, um, your work life, your partners, your family, your friends. It's it's something that some people have because they've come from a privileged background. You know, they've just had it easy. Or at the same time, it comes from you've had it tough and you've had to just kind of be like, right, if I'm going to make it and if I'm going to succeed, I've got to show this element of confidence. Yeah, I feel like people always always say to me, oh, babes, you're so confident. Like, where does it come from? And and I'm like, I've just kind of had to be. Yeah, so it's kind of on a, like, needs-must basis. A needs-must when situation. When stuff is against you, you're a bit like, I'm going to have to kind of... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's either this or I crumble. So Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask, how was your experience at school and sort of growing up was... Was your body and and your look something that was kind of celebrated or like did you feel comfortable in it when uh, you were growing up? I mean, when I was growing up, the poster girls of that era were Christina and Brittany. So ah. as much as I loved them and thought they were icons and amazing and loved their music, you know, my body didn't look like theirs. You know, they were wearing spaghetti strap mini dresses and buffalo shoes and you know butterfly hair clips and chaps and and, you know their bodies were very up and down and and at that time when I was in school that was the kind of popular body and and it's mad it's mad to actually say those words that was a popular body body and I've always had big thighs I've always had a big bum like it's just all the women in my family we all do yeah we all got big booties and it's it's been it wasn't exactly easy at school because of that and I actually remember 
all the popular girls in school would have like you know like discos for their birthday and whatever oh yeah you know and I thought oh you know I think I was 12 and I was like I'm gonna have a disco like we like hired the local village hall oh my god yeah and all of the boys boycotted my disco <laughs> like <laughs> literally a panic at the disco like, like actual panic at the disco I mean I, to be honest, I was having fun I was just like it's all my girls but it was like I wasn't popular at school um, because I I was a bit different and I wasn't not trendy and I think I always surrounded myself with love from my grandparents and so my nan Sybil is an absolute icon and I spent a lot of time with her when I was growing up and she just taught me to just be a boss she was just like you know she supported me in the way I looked the way I dressed and like me and her would go like charity shopping car boot sales and like she used to make clothes so we would go and find you know I'd go into a store with my friends on a Saturday and I wouldn't be able to find jeans because they wouldn't have my size and it was like you know being like a teenager and being a size 16 even back then it was like there was only maybe one pair of jeans in Topshop yeah and like we all know jeans are not the easiest thing to for anyone to buy and when you have one shape of of boot cut jeans in the store and all your friends can buy stuff and you can't it does kind of affect it's very isolating yeah because you want to be part of the gang and you can't be so you know, me and my nan would go charity shopping and she would end up making me clothes. And I think at that time, I started to be like, right, if the industry's not going to provide for me and I'm not deemed as cool or fashionable within school or my friends, I'm going to make something for myself. I'm going to listen to my nan because she loves me and we are going to make clothes and I'm going to find my style. And that's what I did. So I kind of created this sense of style that really was like my armour that's you know? amazing but I think it's really interesting what you just mentioned there about um, trendy and about how your body shape wasn't trendy at the time when you were in school and I think that's something that I I think a lot of people experience all body shapes exist mm. and only a very select few are made trendy because even like when I was at school I was like six foot almost six foot one at like 14 mm. and was a stick yeah. and it was it was a, a very different experience obviously but it was that similar thing where I was trying to wear what my friends were wearing yeah. and it just was like laughable yeah. on me I think then as I got older and I realised that there's no point in listening to the trends because a body shouldn't be a trend. Absolutely. I wanted to move on to talking about your career. So how long have you been modelling for? I think it's nearly eight years now. So just a short, <laughs> just a short period of time. Yeah, I think it's coming up to eight years so have you seen the industry change since you started or how was it when you started well <laughs> i was first scouted in an east london pub dancing to diana ross and got asked to do a shoot with anna nicole smith <laughs> and back then well the plus size industry did not exist in this country i mean it did in the sense of much older 
clothing for like mm-hmm. for like mums and whatever. But you know, there was no girls of my age in in the scene. And when I got asked to do the shoot, my first thing was like, oh my god, my nan is gonna love this. <laughs> so I just was like, oh my god, yeah, this is me just like getting this opportunity where it's like you've got to go for it because like your nan's gonna love the pictures and you can feel a bit glamorous for the day and it wasn't until the shoot came out and it went viral because this photographer had never used a plus size girl before and the photos were amazing and it was like oh you see us curvy girls we can we can look good too and because of that shoot and because of the reaction of my friends and family and people online I was like oh wow actually I think I'm onto something here and you know I believe that we should all be equal and it just took me back to being that little girl who was trying to shop with my friends and feeling like an outsider within the industry to being like I am on a high fashion editorial set right now I don't really know how I got here well I do because I was dancing in a pub but like it's a pretty mad situation (laughs) the shoot came out and I just kept pushing because I just thought right and then like let's let's try and do some more work at the time like I was working had about five jobs did all of this stuff and then had to quit it because I was like the plus size industry started to become a thing and I was like I've just got to keep pushing it feels like you were sort of at the forefront of that industry, like as in the acceptance of plus size modelling or, or curved boards, because even for me now to hear that it went viral because it was the first time a photographer had used a, like a curve girl, that that's kind of crazy to me. Yeah. Like that's, that to me is something that shouldn't be seen as like that shouldn't be seen as something that's like groundbreaking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was looking for. But it but also I understand that eight years ago it probably was. Yeah. But if you look at it back then, it was like I knew I was a gimmick. I knew that I was like, right, do you know what? This probably isn't going to last forever. I need to run with this. I need to make as much noise as possible going like, we deserve to be seen. And, you know, back then as well, there was only a handful of brands that did plus size and they were quite mumsy. You know, and I have got bleach blonde hair. I like to think I look like Rod Stewart. I wear leather jackets, cat suits. I'm not the girl next door. You know, it's never going to be me. And at the start of my career, I was like, right, I can either be myself or I can dumb myself down. And and there was moments in there where I thought, you know, if I lost weight and if I, you know, dyed my hair brown and I started to wear a dress a bit more, like, conservative, maybe I'll get more jobs. But I was like, that's not going to make me happy. That's not That's not true to who I am. And I made a decision not to do that. And I struggled for so many years. I was so broke. Do you think, because you kind of... I don't want to say you fell into it, but like because it was kind of yeah unexpected. Yeah. Um, do you think that you felt like you could persevere? Because maybe you didn't really have much to lose. It wasn't like your whole life was kind of like you said you had other things going on. You had career plans, and this was something that you were kind of pioneering at, and you could just go with it. Yeah, I think it was. It was. I was in a position where 
it was like, this could be fun. This could be fun, and actually I think this is needed, but like you said, I didn't have anything to lose. As a curve girl, do you feel like you're ever expected to, or were you, maybe not so much now, but were you ever expected to almost feel more grateful that you were given these opportunities because this space wasn't always available to you? You know what, I've never really thought about it like that, but yeah. Sometimes when the space isn't, hasn't already been paved for you and you can't see yourself in that you industry. You should be grateful to have this door open for exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. I've seen such a huge step from from when I started to now because when I started it was just like, oh, we might use a plus size girl and and, and it would be a, a white girl. It would always be a plus size white girl. And we're like, you know, that's not how the world works, babes. And, you know, it's opened up from okay, let's use someone of of size to like, oh no, we're gonna use like people from different backgrounds. But what I have a problem with is when the brands will be like, right, let's make a big scene. Let's use some other people, make a big song and dance about it. And then the next month they go back to where they started. It's like, you do realise that if you start something like this, you need to progress. And also, like, it's so embarrassing. It is so embarrassing that we have to use the word diversity. Like, the whole world is a very diverse place. So the fact that we're having to make a big deal about the fact that we are being diverse is... (laughs) Like, of course you should be diverse. Of course you should be diverse. And, like, it, it should just be the norm. It's very, very simple. It's a very simple science. If you see someone online that that you feel represents you, you are going to spend your money, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's that simple. If I go onto a website and I'm like, I see a dress, a gorgeous dress, and I see it on a very small model, but the brand is plus size, the chances are I'm probably not going to buy it because I can't relate it to my body. So that's kind of where social media comes into play because you you might end up going online on social media and that's why influencers and bloggers are, are making a killing and are so influential right now because you then go on and you might see someone of your size online and you're like, oh God, that does that does look nice. And I think that's that's how the industry has gone boom because everyone around has been like, no, I'm not dealing with that. I'm not dealing with seeing this we're going to, you know, represent ourselves. The plus size industry, the last time I checked, is worth £6.8 billion. Pretty penny. That's my spare change. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And it is insane that the brands that... (laughs) say or don't cater to our size are not opening up to this the world is greedy it is based on money and it is insane that you wouldn't cater to other people purely purely on the fact to make money and the reason is is these brands don't want big people in their clothes and they are prepared to not make that money for it that's that's the issue. That is the issue. I guess it's just the male gaze of of people that are in high powers and in control of businesses and stuff. They just want to say, well, this is what I think is a form of beauty. This ideal woman. 
and this is what we're going to do. What would you recommend for brands to kind of be authentic or genuine in their use of plus size girls? Well, I think you need to make sure that you are obviously booking girls of all different shapes, not just one plus size shape, you know, and not just the hourglass figure. You know, you're going to need tall plus size girls. You're going to need short plus size girls. You're going to need girls with bellies, girls with no boobs, no girls with no bums and big boobs it's just like I don't understand why you wouldn't want to market something that could be for everybody yeah If do you think that there's always going to be a criteria for acceptance as in now we've been like society has said okay you can be a curvier woman mm. but only if you tick xyz boxes Mm. do you think that this is something that's always gonna be around or do you think it's slowly i don't know it's crazy because obviously we've had two we've had a lot of trends and trends come in and out of fashion but i'm in kind of two minds i'm almost like what is going to become the next trend body trend is it going to exist or are we going to have you know an uproar and are we going to have the younger generation who, let's face it, are the most liberal generation we've ever had. Are they going to be the ones that rise up and say, now, nah, babes, we ain't, we ain't listening. It, it's a tough thing. I'm, I don't have the answer for it. I'm almost like, you know, there might be a new body trend and we might all consume it. Or we might have a, an uprise in the youth and everyone being like, oh, I'm bored of this, I just want to be myself. That's what I'm hoping, and I'm hoping with the powers of social media, that's what will happen. But also with the powers of social media, the other can happen. It's. It does feel like there is a slight attitude shift yeah. at the moment, as in for as many people as that are championing uh, the kind of Kim K ideal, there are other people questioning yeah and like you said not necessarily criticizing because there's absolutely nothing with wrong with getting plastic surgery or changing your body but it's that kind of like facade around it and the kind of advertise false advertising yeah. basically so i wanted to talk about your tv work um you've appeared on Della a few times <laughs> some some of which in the nude in the nudie yeah how is that and did you have any not fears but did you have any sort of reservations before you agreed to doing any of these shows yes <laughs> <laughs> to put it point blankly i mean going uh, putting yourself on tv is quite vulnerable i think especially if you're in a position where you are going to do a show where you don't have any clothes on. As for anyone listening, it's not as dodgy as it sounds. (laughs) Um, I was on a TV show which promoted body confidence and body image. And there was a group, myself, myself and some other presenters, who basically were on an island in Mykonos and we were we didn't have clothes on but we had um we had a thong on and 
and that counts. They had a thumb on, darling. And um, so we weren't. We were nude, but we were. It was the illusion, essentially. Yeah. And that itself was quite. Um, the first few days was a little bit daunting, even to the most confident confident ones, because it was just quite peculiar. You know, the only time you're really nude is, you know, at home. Um, out your shower. Out the shower in bed, <laughs> you know. Um, not with the camera crew and 40-odd sound guy. And <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Starkers in the sun. And, yeah, so it, it was itself quite a daunting thing but at the end of the day it was something that was positive and uplifting and helped others so that itself for me was one of the reasons I did that show because I just again I just kept thinking back to my younger self and and other people in my position when they're younger and thinking wow if I saw someone on online or on tv or in the magazines that looked like me and didn't have this quote-unquote perfect body that I would feel better about myself. And if I was getting bullied, I'd be like, well, I have someone I can look up to. So the show itself, it was a really powerful show and it was it really emotional, to be honest. And we've had people that come on the show that have, you know, haven't been intimate with their partner in 10 years with the lights on. You know, that's someone who loves and cares for you and you've been too ashamed of your body it's it's quite it's quite emotional when you really really think about it it's just like the smallest simplest things that people feel that they can't do because of the way society pushes beauty and you know i've got stretch marks so i can't show them it's like babes the majority of the humans on the planets have stretch marks because literally we, everyone we, we yeah. grow um i wanted to move on to ask about uh, your online movement, the one that you founded, Self Love Brings Beauty. What was the mission of that movement or why did you feel the need to create that movement? So back in 2016, I decided to create this movement because I've been modelling for four years and every time I did a campaign and I got interviewed... The person that interviewed me would ask me the most ridiculous questions. The person is asking me about my gym routine and about my diet. Like Everyone just kept asking me these questions about my health. Because back then, obviously, it wasn't that normal to have a plus-size girl. So they were asking these questions, and I'm thinking... If I was size 10, you wouldn't be asking me these questions. You'd be asking me my inspirations, you know, my aspirations, what what I want to be doing with my career. You're asking me these questions because you are confused as to why I'm in this space. And I thought, that person that's interviewing me obviously doesn't have enough confidence and self-love within themselves that they're having to kind of push almost their insecurities onto me because let's face it if you don't think that I am worthy enough to be in this position you believe that my body is not acceptable within this industry that's why you're asking these questions so I thought if I could start something which promoted self-love and I could get it onto a much much larger scale maybe I could try and influence everyone to understand that self-love brings beauty and it isn't all about appearance it isn't all about size and also that you know we all deserve to be represented 
that hopefully when I you know I start having other interviews people talk about body image and body diversity as a positive thing and talk about all of these people that are getting these opportunities as a great thing and the conversations that even we're having today that wouldn't have happened years ago because everyone would still be confused as to why it's happening and to be honest they still are now but not not to the extent so that's the reason that that I started it. I also wanted to provide a platform online where everyone could be welcome. Because again, at that time, we were using the term plus size and it was being made into this amazing movement. But I also saw the future and I thought, it's great that all these bloggers and influencers are creating these hashtags and things that are for them. They're creating a safe space, but I wanted to create a space that everyone could join. I really like that because it doesn't feel like an doesn't feel like an exclusive group. Yeah. And, and by exclusive I mean it doesn't feel like you have to tick like I was saying earlier, tick certain boxes that then doesn't create more segregation. Mm. It's like about noticing and celebrating difference but also like uniting us all under one mm. umbrella, you know? Yeah. Which I think is a really lovely thing. I think it's interesting what you were saying about people asking you about your health and your diet and your regime, which are very invasive questions and not really anyone's business. I mean, if I'm being interviewed for women's health, fine. Yeah, of course. But when we're talking about a makeup campaign, it's got nothing to do with the task at hand. I can eat like shit and no one is going to ask me about what I'm eating or how often I'm down the gym. But if you're a size 16, mm. size 18, those questions are deemed to be fair game. Yeah. Again, it's just a stigma, isn't it? It's just like, you know, if you're thin, you must be healthy. And if you're fat, you must be, you know, it's just, it's, yeah. Look, don't get me wrong. Like, you can't speak for everyone. Of but course. it's also unfair to assume that's it. I think it's the assumption and the misconceptions that are these these labels that are sort of stuck on so tightly to a whole group of women, basically anyone over, like you said, a size 10. Yeah. It's labeled. And like, how can you do that? Because we're all individual. We all have different lifestyles. We all have different diets. We all have different workout regimes. And we all come in different shapes and sizes, regardless of that. What advice would you give to someone struggling with confidence? I would tell them that they've got to understand that the perfect body doesn't exist. Because there's no two humans on this planet that are the same. So you have to aspire to be the best version of yourself and not someone else. Like, it's mad, isn't it? It's like we, we, we push so much about this is the perfect body, this is the perfect person. Like you, you will never be able to be that person, no matter how hard you try. So you have to see, like, what qualities that you have from within that, that make you this amazing person. And you're never going to be able to tickle boxes because the boxes aren't there to be ticked, you know? Lastly, to round it up, um, what tough topics do you think need to be talked about in the future? I think the topic that we need to expand on is to remove the term diversity. 
I want us to get to a place where we're not having to use that term as a prop for, <laughs> for, for pretending that we're doing a good thing. I think if we could get to a place where the diversity is not used because diversity is just being used as a norm, that'd be a place where I'd want to be. Amazing. Well, thank you so much thank for you, joining Nate. us. Thank you for coming on. Um, please tell everyone your social media and where they can find you. Um, just at Felicity Hayward. I've got a Facebook page, but I think only my mum goes on it. <laughs> Your nan, just see Sybil occasionally oh, checking in. Sybil's, Sybil, bless her heart, she ain't got no social media. She ain't got a mobile phone, babes. Sybil's off the grid. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us and thank you again to Doc Martins for giving us this space to talk about these important issues and thank you so much for listening. Please join us next time. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>